0: everyone and welcome to the game cola podcast this is podcast number 75 with me today we have a full crew we have joseph martin anna bernarski jeffro nemeth oh jeffro i okay. so i am reading your names uh spade jeffro 826 spade open bracket 372 subscribers close bracket uh nathaniel <laughs> hoover <laughs> and michael gray uh everyone introduce yourselves oh my god Hi, I'm Joseph Martin.
1: I'm on the podcast sometimes, and I write things sometimes. That's pretty much it.
2: Who's My next? name's Anna Bernerski, and I am playing Animal Crossing. I am Spade, rowley 26 Spade, bracket, 372, uh, something something. But you can call me Jeff to make it short. And I'm a, I'm a play-in, a runescape, and I'm on a podcast thingy. My
1: Skype just shortens your name to Spade. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's
2: there, there's my code name, Spade.
3: I'm, I'm really, I mean really, trying to avoid making some sort of punny connection between playing Animal Crossing and having someone who's Spade on the podcast, so uh, <laughs> just leave that one go. I'm Nathaniel Hoover, I do a little bit of everything around the site, and a whole lot of nothing as of late.
4: I'm Michael Gray, I write inside the guide, and occasionally I write reviews. I also host the RPG podcast, so look forward to that because we're going to have an outing with Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys coming up soon.
0: Oh yeah how did that uh, how did that go
1: <laughs> Swimmingly, except not so swimmingly for me.
0: Uh, yeah, I heard that you uh, you had to play both of the Hardy Boys. Is that true? Uh, for a bit it en- uh,
1: Diana ended up taking the other um, the other one most of the time. Uh, and i just kind of drowned for a while.
0: But, well, did did your hardy boy drown or did you personally actually like was it raining? I was drowning in failure for quite a while, let's just <laughs> leave it at that.
4: Yeah. He ended up drowning in the treacherous swamps of southeastern Massachusetts.
1: Got bitten. <laughs> I rolled a 1 and got bitten by a snake and then shot <laughs> while swimming in a swamp. How? That's what happens when you roll ones. Instincts before tongue should never be trusted. And you don't put any points into swim on a story based around the Titanic. <laughs> Not my best decision. So, has anybody been playing video games recently? I'm playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, on your brand spanking new 2DS. Yeah. Right? Yes. How is it? How is it's, it? It's great. Is it in wonderful two dimensions? Yes. Ugh. Man, I wish I had a console in two dimensions.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All I've got is this cube. It's in it's so many... It's got, like... It's the very definition of three dimensions. Actually, it's, like, right here. Like, I'm holding it is,
0: in my hands. Is like it here. a cube of games?
1: Yeah. Y- is it, like, your security blanket? No, it's just right next to my television. I don't think I've it works so well as a blanket. <laughs> I've been playing Sunshine on and off. <laughs> when you press the button,
3: open up the lid. That gives it a little more of a blanket effect.
1: True. You could probably put your hand in there and cover that up. The, the, the reset button is broken, though. It's stuck in, so I can't reset. I have to actually oh. press the power button on and off. Well,
2: I'm why ready. would you ever want to reset a game? Breaks? I don't know. Mm. So I have a topic. Okay. okay, so I was playing Smite the other day, and I had a question. Like, Wait, wait, playing what? Smite. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's, it's kind of a rip, slight ripoff of League of Legends.
1: I'm going to look to the internet. PC game? Steam game?
2: It's PC game. Okay. But anyway, my question was how far a game can go before it becomes a complete rip-off of another game. Uh, wait, wait another, so Here's an example that Nathaniel might get. 3D? Take Mighty Number no. 9 and compare it to Mega Man. Would well, you consider that really a rip-off or would you consider it a comes different out, game?
3: But it does look to have a strong deal of uh, inspiration from Mega Man. But yeah, but, I, I get what you're
1: saying. It depends, like, in that case, that's sort of, like, the point is to be very similar to Mega Man. Like, that's its whole basis.
0: Right, because, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, Super 3D Noah's Ark, which is literally using the base code from Wolfenstein 3D. That's, yeah, that's one way of looking at it.
3: Well, there's a difference between a a hack or something that uses the, the base, I don't know, the... Uh, based programming code um, or some of the graphics or something like that from another game, but it's really where at least for me, it's where the heart of the game is it's are we trying to piggyback off the success of this other game and are we doing all of the same things that this other game does just a little bit differently or are we actively trying to be a new game and we just happen to have some similarities or did we take some inspiration from another game but we're going in a new direction with it my wife's been playing torchlight 2 for uh, a little while now, and she's been remarking on how uh, torch. So it's a steam game, and it's. I think she said something to the effect of, "It's the poor man's WoW, World of Warcraft." Um, so that it's got a lot of that same hack and slash action, a lot of some of the same game mechanics, but it's still different enough um, that it is sort of its own thing. But you can definitely tell it's it's a little bit of a ripoff of. World of Warcraft, according to my wife. I've only seen her playing, you know, over my shoulder, so.
1: <laughs> Part of it also depends on, like, how many people are being inspired by the game. Like, because, like, like, if it's just one, like, series, or something, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um, like, like, okay, back a few years ago, when, like, first-person shooters were, like, the thing. Because I think I think most people attribute it to the popularity of Halo, but I don't know for sure. But first-person shooters became a real thing, and they all started, you know, doing similar things like having the the you could only have two guns. You had the way the health worked, and all that. And like one or two of games like that would have been fine, but they just became so overpopulated <laughs> that Halo ripoff and Call of Duty ripoff just became like almost synonymous with first-person shooter for a while.
2: Well, going back to your topic of popularity, you look at League of Legends. They're so popular because I've actually read something saying there's schools out there that have uh, teams and varsity teams set up for League of Legends. (laughs) Like, really? How is that an athletic sport?
1: Well, they, they technically, the story that I, the way I think it went, um... I remember when it kind of came out. But, like, they made it an official sport, but the, the main push for that was just so that um, people coming to tournaments could sort of get compensated because it's a big, you know, it's an online game. There's a big international audience. Teams could be made up of people from all over the globe, but if you're going to bring them to, like, a, you know, a physical tournament, they kind of need to be there. So by labeling it as, like, an actual official sport, they could get people to come and uh, do it without, you know, having to spend like, you know, a fortune to get there. I mean, yeah, the MOBA, which I don't even know what that stands for. I just hear it's like massively online battle arena. I think that's yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I can. Hold on, I'll look it up while I'm talking. <laughs> but um, it's like the ne- it's kind of like the next big thing. Yeah. Almost.
3: I was going to say mildly obnoxious brief abbreviation
1: yeah oh it's just it's not even it's not massively it's just multiplayer online battle arena um, and yeah it, League of Legends and like what was it I think Dota 2 was the other big one for a really long time and those were them and it's there's been kind of a bandwagon jumping on thing yeah. um, and you know when things jump on the bandwagon like you were saying Jeff like sometimes you know they can be fun games and sometimes you know they're just ripoffs and sometimes they're just not really bad, but just redundant. Like, that's, that was one of the big problems with people who tried to make World of Warcraft-like games. It was just like, sure, we could play this n- new game that's very similar to World of Warcraft and may be just as good, but I already have World of Warcraft, what do I need with this?
2: But I think that's where they can easily overpass them, because look at World of Warcraft, you have to pay out the butt for that. All they can do is just say, hey, our game's free.
3: That's the thing, I, I think Joe hit the nail on the head, is that it's it, the redundancy factor. Um, no matter how many similarities there may be, how much inspiration there seems to have been from previous games, is does this offer anything new that what came before it doesn't? And if the answer is no, then it's probably a rip-off, if, if there are that many similarities. Yeah, But even, even a price point of you don't need to pay $15 a month to play this game, it can be novel enough to let them get away with it, I think.
1: Though, of course, there's this sort of free-to-play scare. I feel like lots more people, or people in general, are a lot
2: more wary of when something claims to be free-to-play. Oh, yeah, because occasionally it's like, oh, free for only a certain amount of days, or... This game is so difficult, so you have to pay for in-game currency to actually make it through it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, what was it, Michael was uh, trying to do some uh, a walkthrough for a game that just, like, charged so very much to actually get anywhere. <laughs> what was it, that Garfield Hotel yeah, yeah, game? Yeah, that's or right, whatever. yeah, that's right, yeah or uh there was also the my little pony one that he was like or was it was there a simpsons one
4: there is indeed a, a simpsons one um it's based off the farmville thing so it's again a, a host of farmville clones that have come up where you basically have to pay in order to make a lot of progress you can technically beat the game if you have several years to wait <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Well, or was, just didn't you
4: like the in-game timer?
1: Didn't you like do some calculations to like to like at a certain point you would be waiting like hundreds of years for the
4: uh, yeah Garfield. I did. It it was hundreds of years of Garfield. Unfortunately, the programmers noticed that and they reached a point when they said, okay, instead of doubling the amount of time you have to wait, we're just going to add four minutes. This was like level fifteen out of like eighty or so, so it's oh, not. Okay too far into the game where you hit that upper limit, but still. Gosh. What happens when you get to 80?
0: Now I'm curious. Yeah, well, hold on, because it says uh, the number of minutes you have to wait for Floor 30 is over a year. Anything past Floor 39 takes over a century.
2: <laughs> well, you know what to say. Game developers are crazy. Oh, sorry. Um, I forgot. Jetty's a game Yeah, present developer. company
3: not with Santa, right? <laughs> Is it just me being old and curmudgeonly that I both remember a time and miss a time when we paid money for a game and then we had all the content and that was it?
0: <laughs> i uh I sometimes think about how it used to be on the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo that you could just turn the machine on and you would be playing the game? Yeah, like even with wait wait what? like even with the the like PlayStation, you would turn it on and you would have multiple logos go by. Before we would even, like, try to read the disc. Okay. I, I love, let's see, we
1: had a we have a PlayStation 3, and, like, the playing the game is, like, the sixth option on, like, the third drop-down menu. <laughs> among, I don't even know what. I like... Maybe they don't think you want to play the game. I liked it when the menu was the secondary thing. Like, on the GameCube, if you hold the A button while you start it, it'll take you to a menu. Mm-hmm. But it's the secondary, it's sort of a secondary function. You can also hold Z and it'll scroll. I was
2: about to say that too.
1: <laughs> or you could hold Z on four controllers and then it sounds like a uh, robot. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, now
2: I, I did not know that part. I was oh, it's about to say, awesome. this is great that two GameCoa members know exactly what we're talking about.
1: It's awesome. Have you never done it? What is- I haven't done four. If you plug in four GameCube controllers, press z on all of them and start the gamecube it makes like robot like transforming clangs. One, yeah, well
3: you get a different noise for each number of controllers that you're Is holding there? down the button on. Yeah, uh, there's it's different for one, two, three, and 4 last huh. I recall. I
1: thought there I thought there was only I one. I think I only and, have two controllers, one or Yeah, the there's there's one that that's
3: that's got that traditional Japanese like wood blocks clanging together and they're oh noise something like that huh. uh, that you hear in this anime every once in a while. And uh, there was, only the and there was uh, dog barking I remember. So I know there's other things. Uh, yeah,
0: I I've been missing out and not ever owning
1: a GameCube. GameCube's hitting the um the time in gaming timelines where it has become the sort of recent um console that everyone started to love.
0: Well, I uh, I've been trying to find like outlets for uh, advertising you know my game, and so I'm looking at all these sites that label themselves you know retro something, and you know some of them are only for actual, legitimate, you know, classic games, and other ones are for, like, you know, pseudo-neo-retro, whatever, like, my game is. And a bunch of them were, like, debating over, now that we have the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, you know, Wii U, does that mean that, like, the GameCube and Xbox and stuff are all classic consoles now?
3: Yeah. I think two generations is what it takes to make a classic console. I mean, anymore. it's been
1: it's been like what more than ten years, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> yeah, like I think. it's it's long enough. That like if you if you had one, I mean we can look it up. But basically, if it's been ten years, two thousand one, two thousand one is when the GameCube came out. I think oh, wow. it's been long
2: enough.
4: Yeah, well, but Jetty, actually, oh, um, oh well, I was going to talk about a bit more about Jetty's game with. Um, you have that cool feature in a game, don't you? Where you have cool ranch mode and yeah. uh, other modes. Yeah. What well, do we do? We need to explain
3: to our our viewers, the, the people who view with their ears, uh, viewers, <laughs>
0: what your game is. Viewers, Yes, I was going to let Listeners. Jetty explain this. Yeah, okay, my game is Pizzarian. It is a pizza delivery shmup. It's a uh, scrolling shooter where you deliver pizzas uh, to the moons of Jupiter. This is real.
1: It, it is real nonfiction. Have... It is definitely a game. And there's, there's giant space pizza battles yeah, yeah. with giant spaceships.
0: Yeah. You have to fight off your competitors. Uh, Big Pizza is your main competitor, and they try to shoot you down. You also have to escape the police. And uh, a major part of gameplay, as with real pizza delivery, is cutting people off and driving around like an idiot.
4: Talk about your mode with,
0: like, cool ranch mode and okay. 3D uh, mode. Uh... People Okay, in my my previous game, Star Runner, uh, people complained about the Game Boy-style graphics with the, like, four colors of green. So I decided to give players the options that they can decide what four colors they want within, you know, uh, a limited number of selections. So there's Original, Cool Ranch, Virtual, and Pocket. So... You have uh, four shades of green, four shades of blue, four shades of red, and four shades of gray.
4: Not fifty
3: shades of gray.
0: No, there's only four.
3: You know, I was really trying to do the math on the fly. Like, you only need 40... forty-six,
0: <laughs> eight more shit
3: for
2: forty-two. Oh, I give up. <laughs>
4: No, but I was going to say um, something about the GameCube, where they have the Game Boy Player, which lets you play uh, Game Boy games on the GameCube. I wish I had one of those.
2: I do. Yeah, they have the little adapter that snaps on the bottom. I got it on my GameCube.
4: It has the feature where if you play an original Game Boy game, you have 12 or so different color sets to pick
0: from. Yeah, the, uh, the Super Nintendo had the Super Game Boy, and you could... Change the uh, you know there were presets and then there was like you could manually change what colors you wanted.
4: So I was just bringing that up because we were mentioning the GameCube and I thought that would be a cool excuse to promote your game.
0: Yeah, thank you.
4: Incidentally, as soon as I can find the pocket change for your very very reasonable price
3: point, I'm going to get myself a copy of Pizzeria. Uh
0: It is on sale right now. Oh. Yes, uh, well actually it won't be by the time this podcast is over, but at at the moment. Uh, it is on sale for only one dollar and fifty cents, or forty-nine
2: dollar forty-nine.
3: Oh, good heavens!
2: Uh, I thought you were about to say forty-nine dollars. Oh I was about to say mm-hmm. that's a that's not a sale, <laughs> going from from a dollar fifty to forty-nine.
0: Yes, uh, it is on sale for.
2: A,
4: a, I'm still saving up the money to buy like a ninety-nine cent book on Amazon, so
2: this could take a while. But I, uh... Michael, what is more important here, Jedi's game or a book?
0: Well, here, I can uh, I can give you an invoice. What if
4: it's Mateo's book that I'm trying to buy? Ooh. He's also a GameCola staff member.
0: Did you write a book? I thought it was music. He did. Oh, yeah.
4: Vulgarity for the Masses, that's which right. is at the bottom of every single article he writes.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: Sorry. Uh,
0: I thought that was a blog.
3: Uh, it's an actual book.
0: Well, okay. Uh, nope. Yeah.
4: Sorry. It's a miserable book that you can purchase.
0: I, I can invite you to Bing Rewards, because in case you haven't heard, uh, I've been talking on my Twitter that I almost have enough points on my Bing Rewards to get $100 in $5 Amazon gift cards. <laughs> so so five, five at a time. <laughs>
4: Oh then that's that would, that would actually be helpful. I wish I'd known about that earlier. You can
0: make about 15 like depending on what they're like like right now you can get 30 bing points in a day but you have to do three searches for one point. So like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of difficult, but usually it's every or every two searches you get one point with a maximum of 15 per day, but then there's usually like a couple extras. So like 17 cents a day effectively. Let's see. I have. You've been doing this for long enough to get a hundred dollars. Hold on. Uh, give me just a second. Hey, that—that's a lot of money. I have a ninety-three dollars worth. Well, I guess ninety because you know round it down. But I have eight thousand eight hundred and seventy-six points. It's four hundred and seventy-five. It's four hundred and seventy-five points to get a, a five-dollar Amazon gift card. So. So wait. How many points do you have? Uh eight thousand eight hundred and seventy six. So how much money can you get? Uh currently I can get ninety dollars.
2: Oh wow, 80. that's how much you can get by trading in a hundred thousand games to GameStop. <laughs> um
1: how ma wait, so wait how many points do you get a day?
0: Uh about depending, like right now, uh I I would get about like thirty two, thirty three a day. Alright. That's two,
1: Wait, how much a day? That's about 269
2: days. Oh, okay. Are Thanks, we talking so, how yes. many points you get a day or how much money roughly uh, you how get How many a day?
0: points? But, I mean, when you say that it's 475 points to get a $5 gift card, it's basically one cent is a point about.
2: Hmm. And, uh, video games. I'm trying to think if you're, well, you're getting more money than me, than with me and my whole partnership on YouTube.
0: Well... I originally signed up for this because it was like a tie in with uh, the Xbox Live at the time, where I would get Xbox or Microsoft points for this. And they didn't have at that time actual money as a reward. So I was just getting like Microsoft points. So actually, in my lifetime, I have gained 10,190 points on Bing. But I spent a bunch on Microsoft stuff and bought video games. Oh, tying it all back, tying yeah. it all back around there. I, I see I bought myself I some Xbox Live indie games. Mm-hmm. I think I bought a Paul's game Life in the dorms. Don't be too excited about Life in the Dorms, though, guys. <laughs> uh,
4: I'm,
0: Wait, I I'm sorry. I, was saying, I, I,
3: I zoned out for a second because I was hearing everything about, hey, what are some other video games that I know about that people I know have made? I'm like, oh, Life in the Dorms. I know that I was trying to get greenlit on Steam. Did it? Did it? Did uh, it? And so I was just looking to check that up and cease paying attention. I'm so sorry. What are we
0: saying? Yeah, okay. Uh, Life in the Dorms. Paul and I have been going back and forth because I also recently put Pete Zarian on Steam, uh, Steam Greenlight. And we've been talking about like how things like ebb and flow on the market and how, you know, your first few days... Like, I got uh, over a thousand yes votes in, like, the first 24 hours. And then, in, like, as soon as that was over, I've gotten, like, 400 votes in the last week. Like, it mm-hmm. it just dies. But then...
3: So, hmm? so how does the green lighting work? Is it just over the span of a certain amount of time, or is it ever if you get enough yes votes from the community?
0: Uh, apparently it's ever, but they... They weirdly... Like, I don't think it would matter. If you had the number one max amount of points for the whole thing, but it took you, like, five years to get there, the vague consensus is that they wouldn't care as much as they would about a game that in its first week made it to number two, you know?
2: like if you- yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this, because I've actually been thinking about making a few games myself. Yeah. But I haven't really got around to it. I know I have... Plans to work on a trading card game, and right now I'm just working on some basic stuff, like what kind of cards I want to build, what setup.
0: Yeah. Well, Steam is kind of like tough to break into, cause like right now I have like fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred, yes votes. Apparently, no votes don't matter, so that's cool. And the average. What? Why do they have no votes if that doesn't matter?
2: Uh, I guess it's more for your information. They put it there to make it feel balanced.
0: I guess. Like, I think it's more for your information. But apparently, like, they give you... Here, let me... This might... Because, like, every single game
1: I've ever seen on Steam, like, like where the people... Like, what you've done where you show, like, the pie charts and stuff. Like, pretty much every game that isn't, like... That isn't, like, you know, straight to the top number one, like some games are. But pretty much any game that isn't that is like completely 50-50 split yeses and noes. Well,
0: okay, uh I mean let me load up Steam so my my quality might drop slightly for a second as a pizzarian. I have 103 comments, uh 1410 yes votes. Ouch. 2144 no votes, but that's a, a 39 to 59 uh, you know, or thirty nine. ratios, yeah. so it,
4: it wouldn't get through the US Congress is what you're saying.
0: Well but because you need the
4: two thirds majority.
0: But the average of the top fifty is a forty seven to fifty three. So actually, even the games mm. that are in the top fifty have more no votes than yes votes. Just saying. Uh but I'm twenty seven percent of the way to the top one hundred. Yeah. But I guess that also like You will be sitting around and then one day you'll just like jump like 10% because they greenlit like 50 games or something. So all the games that were at the top are no longer there. So you get moved up, which is cool. But uh, it is tough. And I actually sent out like 50 emails about a week ago. Announcing that I was on Steam Greenlight and that, like, hey, you know, my game exists. I have gotten zero responses. Like, not even like, and I regularly search and try to see if anyone, like, any of the sites that I sent emails to, have featured me. No one. Like, there haven't even been any silent hits. Like, I think my game is kind of on its way out.
4: You think it's that. okay, Jetty? We we can give you a hug at Magfest.
0: <laughs> yes, if I'm there. You won't, you're not gonna be there. I mean unless you like fly out from beautiful sunny California.
4: Well I, I was going just to transport myself because um, the transporter is going to be invented next week.
0: Oh okay. But then how will you get how will you get back? Oh, how will I get back? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> is hitchhiking still a thing? Isn't it illegal? Or is it just if is it just illegal if it's on the highway? I think we can ask the internet that question. <laughs> I think hitchhiking is supposed to be illegal in America.
4: GameCola.net, um, the only way we can reach Magfest is through hitchhiking.
0: <laughs>
3: That's a video game genre that has been left largely untapped. The hitchhiking genre. Is when was the last time hitchhiking was even something you could do in a game, let alone That sounds focus
1: like it. something that sounds like something you could very easily put in like an adventure game.
0: Let's get on it, people. I'm thinking, like, wouldn't that fit in, like, Grand Theft Auto or something?
1: Or would you just No, steal in Grand Theft car? Auto, you just take the car.
0: I don't think... I think <laughs> hitchhiking might be a step backwards. <laughs> well, what if you want to play... Well, you could play...
3: Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I lied. The ending of 999. Alice is a hitchhiker there. Mm.
0: But is it part of gameplay? Like, do you actually... Like, do they actually have you and you, like, press X to stick out your thumb... Like
4: no, but it's a star. It's a, it's an after game bonus. They have a picture of her hitchhiking, and then in the next game, apparently that's a very important thing which gets brought up. So that's another question people have: is you know when they do series games, how far in advance do you think they plan the next game in the series? Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> like, cause I, I can feel... answer this one because I just finished the Mass Effect trilogy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you think of the ending?
3: Um. I, honestly, uh, no. I played with the extended cut DLC. Oh, okay. Um. So, but and I went back later to watch the original ending. I, on, I only got um. There's one ending that I'm saving for. Should I ever go back and play again? Um. But I did see a couple of the endings. Um. And watch the original ones. Anyhow. Uh. I. I. I'm like the only person on the internet who will say this, but I actually liked. The ending, uh, the couple of endings, uh, but that's also because I was not as wild about the rest of the series as a lot of other people were, uh, because I it would have taken a lot to disappoint me more than I already had been disappointed by the series. I really liked the individual games. Uh, one was very good, three was very good. Two had it was a roller coaster between awesome and awful for me. Uh, but as a whole, continuity-wise, uh, there were several problems that I've been noting in a series of posts on my personal blog on Weebly. Um, I've been calling them mass defect uh, <laughs> one, two, and now I'm writing up three. So there've been a lot of issues that I've noticed with this series as a whole. In addition to all of the ups and downs that each individual game has, so I was okay with the ending because it it wasn't a letdown for me because so much of the parts that preceded it were a letdown <laughs> that it actually felt like the first time anything i did actually made a difference instead of just changing up the flavor a little bit of oh well this person died but this other person took their place and you're going to this planet anyhow the yeah. exact same thing's going to happen just different people who are saying the dialogue i'm like that that's not really <laughs> my actions impacting the galaxy the way that i was led to believe at first yeah. so the fact that the very end of the last game You actually changed the fate of the galaxy. That's a cool thing. That's kind of what I wanted all along. So I was okay with the ending. But I can understand why people might have been upset. So, anyhow. um, Yeah, so I've been... um, Going back to the question. I've been playing through these games for uh, a while. uh, A couple of months now. And at the beginning of the first game... It kind of sounded like they had a general idea of where they wanted to go with it, you know, just build the world and then set something up and then develop it. And then the second game was like, you know what, we really don't like anything that we did with the first game, not the gameplay, not the story, not the tone. Uh, we're just going to throw it all out and just occasionally reference back because, you know what, we're going to do a reboot. We're going to do a franchise reboot and just label the second it as a game. sequel. (laughs) (laughs) and then the third one built off of that and it's like actually we kind of did like the first game there's a lot of stuff that we want to draw on so let's bring that back together and try and harmonize the two of them into a game so I don't know I, I found a couple of things like I think they had a general idea of some big story points like when they put in big decisions of I think I know what we're going to do with this one, but there are other times you're like, well, we're going to have this happen, and I guess we'll deal with it later. We'll think about it later. Like, I did not get the sense that there was a, a really deliberate uh, plan for the entire franchise, like maybe an, maybe an outline, but more likely a couple of good ideas, like let's make sure we include this in the next game, and let's make sure that this is a point that we come back to. But I didn't get the, the sense of continuity that I was really hoping for with a game like that.
0: Mm. <sighs>
1: I'm trying to think of a game series that was like very like from the beginning there was going if there was continuity with it. Like
4: Um Pizzeria.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there has to be multiple games in the series. No offense, Jetty.
0: Yes, well one day I may come out with a Pizzerian DX, you know, Game Boy Color. Yes. <laughs> there will there'll will um, be at least maybe eight colors. Sorry, anyway, what were you saying? <laughs>
1: I'm trying to, I'm looking at, like, my games. Well, I'm trying to think. I don't
0: really have anything. I
1: feel that...
4: like with, um, I was going to mention Phoenix Wright.
1: <laughs> Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars probably had the plot planned out pretty far ahead. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but with Phoenix Wright, I feel like people people like to make fun of the Phoenix Wright series for taking place in California when it clearly takes place in Japan. <laughs> But I feel like with the first game, it was a great decision to make it take place in California because of the locations in the first game. You need to have somewhere where there are movie studios nearby and where there are earthquakes. Hmm. Los Angeles, I mean, perfectly fits into that setting. Yeah, interesting. But then with the second game where they include Japanese villages, uh, (laughs) it, it starts becoming less relevant. But they didn't know that the second game was going to be released in English. They, they were hoping for it, obviously, but they didn't know for certain at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, well, I was going to bring up, uh, there was a recent GameCola Facebook discussion topic of, you know, how related do you like your sequels to be? Because you end up with so many games like the entire Final Fantasy series where none of the games really have anything to do with each other. So, like, how do they really consider those to be sequels? You know how do they consider those to be the same series when the only thing is like vaguely the genre? you know
1: didn't
4: there are a couple I say the same thing about Zelda, except there. people slap me when I say that.
0: Well I mean, okay, uh Final Fantasy series, like it does usually you know it's like a fantasy medieval setting, and like there are chocobos, like there are certain world concepts, you know, airships. Uh, the Dragoons and the Dark Knights and, like, that kind of stuff. Blue mages. but
4: Repetitive
3: random battles, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do they, do they I'm going to reference...
3: get slapped for that, too. But...
0: Do they
1: <laughs> um, reference other, like, Final Fantasy, like, areas? Like, is it sort of this? Because, like, with, with The Legend of Zelda, they've come out and said, like, the way it works is, you know, it's the same place, but, you know, it's different times, and Link gets reincarnated. Yeah. And some of the games are the same link as other games, and some of them aren't. And they made the whole timeline thing. But the point is, is that it's the same, like yeah, well, it's always the Hyrule yeah. place, but then it changes over time. Is it, is Final Fantasy? think like that at all or is it just No kinda...
3: Final Fantasy is completely different. Yeah. It's okay. it, here's a completely new universe, new characters, new it has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with any other game except like Jetty was talking about, yeah. those thematic elements that you can depend on being in every Final Fantasy game after they're introduced. Yeah,
0: there's a character named Sid, there are chocobos that you ride on, there are airships, you know red Mage. is it Sid spelled with a C Yeah. Yeah. When was that? That was that. Was that first in four? Or was that
1: another one's first? That was I feel like
3: f- four mm, three. Well, actually, I've I've only played the DS remake of three, so mm. it may not have been the original three. Um, but I'm assuming. I mean, there's a dude with an airship named Sid, so I would assume that's where it started. <laughs> I don't. Re- oh, you know what? I think there was a Sid in two. Now that I think about what it, I that? think he was the dude with the library,
1: and then you I've know, only ever seen a playthrough been. of t- of uh, four, not two. I haven't seen two. So, yeah, I don't. I f- I feel like I should get around to it. But again,
3: I've days. also only played the Dawn of Souls remake of two, so they yeah. could have also added in a Sid. Yeah, you yeah. know, after fact,
0: so somewhere between
3: two and four, they introduced Sid.
1: And you know, you could have named your character Sid in the first one. <laughs> True. <laughs>
0: well, no, it has to. It would have to be like C I D D, wouldn't it? Could you not do space?
3: I think you can put in a space. Well, yeah, but
0: then it would be a space. <laughs> Like, it, it, it's it's going to include the space. I don't think it, like, deletes the space. You'd be Sid's space. Like, every time... Yeah, but they never
3: talk to you directly like that. That's, no, just that's true. Out.
0: That's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> so unless you put the space
1: in, like, after the I, and you'd be, like, C-I-D. Could I be, like, space
0: C-I-D? Space Sid. Sid in space. <laughs> but, uh... And I, I guess that's something that always sort of bugged me because, you know, I played the original Final Fantasy, then I played Final Fantasy 2, you know, which is 4, and then I played Final Fantasy 3, which is 6, and...
1: Gosh, don't start with that, please. Well, but,
0: I'm well, no, going to get a headache. But the, but the thing is, is that, you know, I played through all of the originals, and by the time that, you know, 6 rolled around, I was like, I like Final Fantasy, but why isn't this any the same at all? Like, it already bugged me at, you know, the ripe old age of, like, eight years old or whatever. It's like, they call it That's a...
4: sort of how I... That's sort of how I feel about the Zelda timeline theory, is that when was that created? When the Wii game came out, is when they invented the timeline theory?
1: Well, the game I that sort of... the whole timeline... I don't, like, I don't know when the timeline theory came out, but the I... game that sort of, like, enables the whole timeline theory to exist is... Ocarina. Ocarina, because that's, like, where everything splits off and stuff, so I'd imagine that it it, will, yeah, it would almost definitely have to be after that, unless you want to yeah, count, but, two came, Legend of Zelda Adventure of Link came after one, and that was the beginning of the timeline, Zelda <laughs> timeline, the creation.
4: I just feel like it was something they made to fit the games after the fact, and they said, oh yeah, the games were really all in the same universe and all related all along, when yeah. really it's like, no, you just made that up afterwards. I don't like Wind Waker, but yeah, Wind Waker is a direct sequel taking place a hundred years after after Ocarina of Time. It just made me sad because I liked all the things in the N64 games and then it's like, no, we're skipping ahead a hundred years. I'm like, oh, Now everybody I loved and cared about was is dead.
3: Yeah, that, that's a problem I have sometimes when they do sequels because you get really invested in the characters in one and they say, we're going to do another game, but we're going to set it a significant portion of time in the future and inevitably, and they do this with TV shows and movies too, but inevitably all of the characters that you like no longer resemble the characters that they used to be. It's not ever a logical progression that I've seen of where these characters would presumably be in another 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. we needed to throw somebody in jail, so we'll pick the nice guy who was always a hero, and we need someone to be a psychotic murderer, so mm. let's do the, you know, the quiet little girl who was the mage. You know, like, wh- why do you have to do that? Just let us
1: have Because, um, you know, shock playing- value. Uh, oh, I- you <laughs> weren't expecting the nice guy to be the villain. We sure pulled a ruse upon you. <laughs>
3: I mean I played I mentioned this I think on a previous podcast I played through at least the the default without all the DLC of uh, Final Fantasy IV the After Years which was oh. what I think 20 years something like that after the original game and aside from all of the other issues with the game just story wise I'm like I don't I don't really recognize a lot of these characters anymore like what what are you doing I don't have the same vibe uh and then what was the other one um that I was just Thinking about, I'll come back to it. Uh, there was another really good example that I had that took place several years later. Golden Sun, different. No, Golden. Actually, no. I take that back. Golden Sun was okay, um, okay because I I played the three that I am aware of that exist. Uh, dark done, dark, dark done. Uh, dark. I'm so done with this being the last one. Uh, and um, yeah, they were okay with character continuity. I remember that being fine. Um, so that that's an exception. Yeah.
4: yeah, Fire Emblem seems pretty good at character continuity as well. I just want to throw that out there.
1: The problem with this timeline, now that I'm kind of really looking at it, is, like, they've basically closed off their possibilities to make games that, like, take place in some of these periods. Like, there's a part, like, right between o- Ocarina, Ocarina, whatever. I don't care. Arena. Um, Ocarina of Time to Wind Waker is the era without a hero. So you can't put a game in between those anymore now. And, you know, they put all these things, and it's like, no, these are the way it happens. So you, now the only place left is after all of these games, where, like, if you look at it, like, all of them are in, like, you know, uh, it's mixed up. Like, the order that the games came out, it, they're all mixed in with wherever everything is. That If any of those yeah, words uh, I just said made sense.
4: You can't do that. I know Metroid does that, where the, the timeline doesn't exactly match the order of all the games that are released. So, for example, um, the it's, Game Boy Advance 1, Metroid Fusion. Isn't it Metroid Fusion chronologically takes place at the end?
3: Well, no, no. I mean, you've, you've got Metroid, Metroid 2, Super Metroid, and then Metroid Fusion. So the, the main games are all sensibly in line. And then you've got the Metroid Prime Trilogy which shows up, is inserted between Metroid and Metroid 2, and then you've got Doesn't Count Metroid Other M, which comes between <laughs> Metroid 2 and... I'm sorry, it comes uh, between Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. So it's the main games, and then you just have little insertions of the 3D stuff. But as far as the 2D games go, they're all in chronological order. And if you count Zero Missions, Zero Missions a remake, so that doesn't matter.
1: So wait, is has there ever actually been an, like... An origin? Is me- the original Metroid supposed to be, like, the first time Samus did anything, or is it, like, I a... um,
3: I don't know about the first time Samus did anything, but that was supposed to be, as I recall, her first encounter with the space pirates.
1: Right. But, like, one of the things that always seems to be a problem, and I haven't played the more recent one, so I can't really say how much of a problem it is. But, like, they have to keep coming up with excuses as to why Samus doesn't just have all of the things she had the last game.
3: Well, so they would to need s- to do that in a number of other games. Uh, you look at any Mega Man game, any Zelda game that's in the same universe as the one before it, like mm-hmm. the Wind Waker and Link rides a choo-choo and Link rides a boat, you know, all of those. You have to wonder, wait, why do I have to get the Bone Arrows again? Don't I, did I donate this to charity? Like, what do I do with this? <laughs> so looking at the um, you know, the Metroid games, they at least try to give an explanation, and for that I give them credit, even if sometimes it's, actually no, it's, it hasn't been a little iffy, it's actually been a reasonable explanation, In but they only do that in the Prime trilogy and Fusion that I can think of off the top of my head, and the yeah. excuse Fusion they have is- in Other M is just not acceptable.
1: <laughs> that's what I was saying, I was like, the, the, that's probably one of the bigger, like if they had just ignored it and said, you know what, no, we're just not going to explain it why you can't use that would probably have gone over better than what they ended up going with.
0: Well, I mean, there's always uh, the prequel uh, Metroid High School. <laughs> Gosh
1: <dang> it, Jetty.
0: <laughs> you don't talk about the dark times.
4: <laughs> well, what I like was the Prince of Persia trilogy where that exact same thing happens. He just starts at zero at the beginning of every single game. But at the third game, he just picks up a stick and says... Why does this always happen to me? It's like, why do I always end up losing my super cool weapon? No, I start from just the stick I picked up off of the ground.
1: Have you ever... Well, I th- I know Metroid Prime does this, but I don't know of many other games on the top of my head, but like the games that like start you out with like everything that you are going to have in the game and then, then take it away from you.
0: Yeah, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Right. They did that. Is that... Do you enjoy that? Because I always feel like
1: that would be dis- more disappointing mm-hmm. to me than encouraging. It's like, well, you just showed me all this cool stuff I could do, and now I can't do it anymore. And the rest and the beginning of the game is gonna feel really boring now. I think it depends on how
3: they handle it. Uh, What they did with Metroid Prime, I think, was very good, because they give you the rundown on a couple of the basics, the grapple beam, the morph ball, so that you have a little bit of a tutorial at the very beginning when you're still in the right mindset for tutorials, so that when you get those back later in the game, it's already second nature to you. You don't need to slow down the gameplay to figure out, oh, man, how do I have to use this thing now? But on top of that, they keep giving you new things after that. They don't just stop there. It's not like you are fully powered, let's take it all away, and you'll work your way back to that. It's You're at half power Mm. at the beginning of the game. We only give you a couple of situations to practice with, and then we take them away. And then you gradually build them back up. But until you get them... You don't really need them. It's not like, oh, I am at such a disadvantage because I don't have super missiles. It's like, <laughs> well, I could use super missiles here, but I'm totally fine with everything I have right now. It's it's all about the game design. I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the concept of starting off powerful and then getting weakened, as long as there's a good story reason for it, and as long as it doesn't feel like a punishment for simply playing the game.
0: Yeah, hmm. actually, uh, this has been something that I've been like arguing with myself about because I've been thinking that maybe a demo of Pizzerian would help people buy it. And but the the beginning of the game is kinda slow, so if I just gave them like the first ten minutes of the game, they would be like, Wow, this is the most boring game, <laughs> you know? Uh so I've been debating about trying to like, you know, which ship would I wanna give them and what equipment or whatever would I want to give them so that they can get an idea of what the gameplay would be like if they progressed a bit.
4: Something just came into my mind. Um, that's basically what happened with Ghostbusters 2, the movie, is that they just started back down at the bottom of the food chain again. Yeah. Did that happen in the video game? Which game? There were multiple Ghostbusters oh. game games, weren't there? Oh,
0: sorry, you're talking about the Ghostbusters game? I don't think anybody really cared about the Ghostbusters games, though. <laughs> okay, don't think, never mind. I don't think they had large thematic
1: elements. I think their only purpose nowadays is to show up in you know retro video game reviewers subscription boxes.
0: Well, okay, uh going back to the uh some of the original things we were talking about though with games that actually do have like a continuation of the world from the first to the second. Uh the original Dragon Warrior and then Dragon Warrior 2, yeah actually contains the original Dragon Warrior world. I thought that was really cool when I was playing that.
3: Yeah, I I didn't like much else about Dragon Warrior, yet, but I did appreciate that. And they did that with 3 as well, because 3 takes place in the same world. Uh, then four, I think 4, 5, and 6 take place in a different realm. Yeah. But 1, 2, and 3 are all together. And yeah, I think it, it was very neat that they, they had the touchstone of, oh yeah, I know this place. Yeah. I used to beat up slimes here. <laughs> I got killed by a ghost here.
1: In in um the first-gen and second-gen Pokemon games, um with... Uh, Gold and silver, and then later Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Um, they actually let you go back to uh. after you beat the main story of um, Gold Silver, Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Um, you could go to the Kanto region from the first game, and you fought. You could fight all the gym leaders there too, and they were all they were pretty much the same. But you saw some changes, like um, one of the guys who was a gym leader in the first game, he got moved up to like the final four set of boss characters that you fight at the end of the game. And so you go back to the canto and you find his daughter is running his where his gym was. Yeah. And then the your rival in the first game, Blue or Gary or whatever you want to call him, is the gym leader of the eighth gym, hmm. the last one. And so you fight him and then, you know, you can fight your character. Well the 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 purported main character of the first game in the second game. You can go up to a mountain and you challenge a <laughs> representation of the main character from the first game.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: It's it's pretty cool.
4: Oh so I'm playing Angry Birds Epic on the um, iOS, this entire does, podcast. Does it have
1: um world yeah. continuity? Yeah, with the original Angry it Birds. It just
4: glitched out. It just it just completely glitched did, out. Did you launch actually, a bird and change. it actually
0: came out of the iPad?
4: No, somebody counterattacked me um, and destroyed my um, yellow bird, who is named Chuck, for some reason in this version. All of the birds have names, except for the red bird. I just call him Red Bird. Uh, Does he have an official canonical name?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I didn't
0: know any of the other
4: wings.
0: (laughs) What? Since when do uh, they have names?
4: They have names. I mean, when I rescued the uh, yellow bird, he's the wizard, and it's like, okay... Chuck has now the, been added to your party. The wizard. You play as
0: Chuck. What? Chuck is the such wizard? a wizardly name.
4: Yeah, so he's the wizard What game, in this game. is
0: this? Angry Birds Epic. Uh,
4: what is this it like an... it's, it's an RPG. What? <laughs> Have you heard about Angry Birds Stella, which is um, what they're working on now? The tentative release date is 2014. World of Angry Stella. Birds. The streetcar named Desire themed Angry Birds? <laughs>
2: Stella! Let me
4: read from Wikipedia. Angry Bird Stella, Best Friends Forever, is an upcoming puzzle what? video game that will be what? the second spin-off of Angry Birds. This what? is based around Stella, the pink bird, and her adventures with her friends. What? The game is marketed at women and girls. What? Okay.
0: What? <laughs> huh? I. This
4: is a thing which exists. They're trying to do a story-based Angry Birds.
0: No.
1: For... Four girls, spelled uh, spelled the number four space G U R L Z. I'm sure, you know, if there's anything that is well appreciated in the modern gaming community, it is segregating games specifically for women.
0: Yeah, and making a game targeted at women, which features a pink main character. Do not
4: want.
3: I remembered the game that I was thinking of that did the you know X amount of years later, um, Mega Man ZX Advent, which is direct sequel to Mega Man ZX, which takes place sometime after the events of Mega Man Zero, and in ZX Advent, minor spoiler, there's one point where you're doing a mission in the old destroyed resistance base that you once ran around in in one of the Mega Man Zero games. So you're like, oh, cool, it's the Resistance base, except it's half covered in dirt and broken glass everywhere, and it looks like there was some big war there, and probably every everybody I ever loved from the Zero series died. Like, that's sort of the, the feeling that you get. So at first it's like, oh, cool, and then you think about it, and you're like, this probably shouldn't be so destroyed. It's
4: kind of depressing.
0: <laughs> what was it? I was thinking of the original Lufia, where you play at the beginning as... Your ancestor, so at the beginning of the game, you're like at the end of what is effectively the second game, which was the prequel. Uh so you're like all powered up, super strong, ready to go fight the final boss, and then you actually start at the beginning of the game after that. And
4: they do the same thing with Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fade. Yeah. Because apparently that's a sequel to the PlayStation game, which I never played, so
0: Hold on, where is it? Uh a I didn't say the word hips. What is it that I... What did I call the April Fool's... Hold on. Game Hold on, reviewing games before they're cool. Hold on. And I had Castlevania Shadow Requiem of the Cursed Blood Moon in Darkness. Like, they, they just keep adding, like, dark, so gothic, na- like, words to the name of Castlevania. Castlevania, the shadow of the dark brotherhood of darkness and evil and bad dreams. Like, you guys can... I feel like this is... I'm sad that more people didn't like this, because I like my recent fabricated news of uh, the North American localization of The Great Ace Attorney. Like, these two articles, I feel like, were really shining moments in my writing career. And nobody really read them.
4: If I could just be a nerd, what were those things you shared pictures from? Was that like a movie or something?
0: It's the anime The Big O, which I did I did tag uh, The Big O. Oh. Like right around the time that the whole news of the new Phoenix Wright game was coming out, I happened to be rewatching The Big O since I used to watch it all the time on uh, Cartoon Network, and I was like, man he really looks <laughs> like Phoenix Wright so i just <laughs> made up this thing and uh mm-hmm. so those two go back and read them because i really they're right. hilarious they are they are pretty good uh and i think i was talking about how lufia in the first game you play as the descendant of the main character in the second game but then the third game was garbage you played as garbage yeah literally oh it's like the interesting design choice you gotta yeah. give them credit. It, it's like the the trash heap from Fraggle Rock.
3: I know what you're talking about.
4: <laughs> Sorry. you keep referencing these old TV shows? They're too mainstream for us to to recognize.
0: I had a weird incident recently where I was talking, like, I was in a group of people and I was talking with someone about pogs, and all of the other people had no clue what pogs were, and I was like, "Are you guys alive?" <laughs>
4: like. Hawks are hard to explain to people who don't know it, it what it
0: is, are. and I don't even really know what they were supposed to be. No,
4: no, no, it's really easy.
3: You say it's kind of like jacks. <laughs>
4: does, does anyone is know? it like is that like tiddlywinks?
1: <laughs> it's what not quite on tiddlywinks. Earth? What are these merit
0: badges? <laughs> I got a Boy Scout badge for t- tiddlywinks.
1: Merit badges
4: <laughs> that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah trade just, I don't I just unlocked new classes for my characters
1: so that's you good. should you should take history that's a good class
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs>
4: let's see <laughs> now, now my wizard is now a rain bird and his moves are acid rain and healing rain <laughs>
3: hmm. <laughs> yeah let's make sure we don't get those mixed up <laughs>
1: yeah. all right was it left hand healing and right hand acid? or right-hand healing and left-hand acid. <laughs> Could try both, but not sure what'll happen.
0: I'll, but... I'll start with both and then just continue with the right one. <laughs> so basically like, the are, difference is tap and hold
4: and then tap. That that's mainly the difference. Tap and hold and then tap. And I have had I have gotten in situations where I tapped a bit too long and it thought I was doing a tap and hold. Yeah. That's always sad when that happens.
0: So we do have some fan mail. Do we? Yeah. yeah. Actually. Lot,
1: hasn't it? Or am I just, well, have I just not been around all the time? We have fan mail.
0: Not only has it been a while, this one's been sitting around <laughs> since a couple of months ago. <laughs> mm. uh, oh. Because last month I was too busy to actually record and I just used Michael Gray's recording. So this one has been sitting around for two months. But it is from uh game cold super fan no lynch
2: mm.
0: so hi no lynch yeah uh sorry this took so long uh are, are we ready yeah yep ready okay uh fan email dear game cola hello to all you wonderful people on the game cola staff i'm wondering if you would like to be part of the next generation of refrigerator owners ha huh, okay serious time now wait refrigerators i was interested <laughs>
4: No no I mean next gen refrigerators
0: yeah they have like a touch screen stuff have you seen those is it like oh, is it oh, like yeah. the those soda machines where
1: like you have like the 50 different like options and you click on it gives you like 10 options of like a minute made and you press the button yeah. and it gives you that specific one
0: and then but like,
1: instead
0: cherry, it's like cherry bananas
1: coke. and milk and
0: cherry coke doesn't actually taste like cherry coke cuz it's actually just the base coke plus like weird Vaguely cherry flavoring. Okay. Their high C tastes pretty good. Okay, their fruit punch high yeah. C
1: is perfect.
0: It's it's, it's also perfect. you also have to like let it pour out a little bit before you.
1: Oh like, yeah, actually...
2: you got
1: it. Yeah. You have
0: to you have to like
1: <laughs> clean it with what you want to drink. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it'll get a like a tiny bit of like lemon lime.
0: Yeah, whatever the butter. last person. Yeah,
1: in your like Sprite. Oh wait, no, that would.
0: That wow, this okay. is amazing. That
1: wouldn't be so bad.
0: What
4: do you t-
1: wait, What's amazing, Michael?
4: So apparently Burger King installed them a- in 2011. Yeah. They've only just arrived here, um, like, last month.
0: Really? Yeah, you know, well, it take them
4: three yeah. years to hit the West Coast? I know they're, like, headquartered in Florida, but...
0: Oh, that explains why I've had them for so long. Yeah, yeah, we've had them. Don't. We've had them for a while, but only in like a couple
1: of specific restaurants. I think probably because um, Coke is, is like a really big, you know, oh,
0: yeah, world Georgia. of Coke
1: is like like a half hour drive yeah. from here, so it's not. Yeah. Um, it's, anyway, I'm
4: just a little upset that it took them three years to bring it to the West Coast.
1: I mean, they're they're, they're big and heavy. What do you expect? Have you ever seen the inside of one of them? Like when they open No, it up I have never been
4: inside a soda machine. What's it like? Is it a said <laughs> I said seen.
1: I did not say been inside of Michael, so don't you even try to twist my words around. I said it, is it scene. like
4: it's, it's like the world's greatest water park except do they shrink yeah. you down to like size so you can do like the yeah. water slide? Fresh I
1: just it and, Michael. I just yeah. wanted to talk
0: about how the looked there cool on the inside with all the little gnomes,
1: cartridges that you had do. To... All
0: the gnomes that are in there that are just like, you know, cranking the pumps and Read the rest of the email. I can't I can't deal with
1: you guys. Just read the rest of the email.
0: Firstly, I would like to thank you all for being part of the GameCola staff. I truly enjoy just about everything published on the site. Also thank you to Jetty for publishing my fan submission a couple months ago. You are all very awesome guys and gals, and it's always a pleasure to hear or read from you. But since I'm here I should probably contribute to the conversations, whatever they may be. Okay, a first or the okay, a few questions for those on the cast. In games where you can customize your character, do you try to make it look like you, or do you try to make an individual character, or does it just depend? Let's start with that one, because there's a couple more. Um. So do, do you try to make your customizable characters look like you? Yeah, usually, probably. Yeah, I think I do vaguely, but like a cooler looking version of me.
4: I think the last game I played, I know the last game I played, which had the customizable character effect, was NHL 2003. And so what I did was I had an Abraham Lincoln, I I had a zombie, and Adam Carolla.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes I just try to make funny looking characters. Like, but to mm-hmm. be fair, like I think if I played,
1: like I don't, my computer is not um, exactly the brightest box in the tool shed um and so like i don't usually install most um you know high end or most big pc games which is where like most of those care places where you would get like in-depth 3d modeling character customization sort of stuff yeah but i feel like if it was like a game where like where like the body type was kind of set but like like skyrim i don't think i'd try to make it look like myself but like if it's something like um what was one? like Terraria or Minecraft where it's kind of like really simplistic and very general um then i i usually try to make those look kind of like me
3: I don't like the idea of running myself, because the way I play video games, I intentionally throw myself off of buildings. I get blown up very often, so the idea of me personally getting blown up and shot down and skewered and all sorts of things over and over again, I don't really, I play games to escape from reality, you know, I don't need to see myself doing that over and over again. So uh, I usually design myself either as an attractive female, or I design myself as just a really cool-looking dude.
1: (laughs) I like to think of it as sort of like this consistent caricature of me, not like actually me, but like this sort of character that represents, it still represents me, but like it carries over from game to game. So it's like still that same, I'm playing as that same sort of created character Yeah. in different mm-hmm. games.
0: Did you guys get the <laughs> images that I sent you? Uh, I didn't. Hold on. Yes. Okay, like there's another one, and the one that I was actually Hi. thinking of was uh, Dark Souls, I think. What game is this? Uh, I don't know. It was just some like wrestling game. Uh, but okay, the one that I was actually thinking of was I've seen uh, a screenshot where a dude was in like Dark Souls uh, as Shrek. Again, it was Shrek. And the other guy is like, dude, I'm not going to fight you, just leave. Like, I just like people who do that kind of stupid stuff. Like, I'm going to make my customizable character be Shrek, and I'm going to play as Shrek in this very serious video game.
4: Well, what I get sometimes, because I play a lot of um, Nancy Drew games, and they're first-person adventure games, so you never actually see her body or what she looks like. People ask me, well, what do you think she looks like? What do you picture her looking like as you play the game? I'm all, is there a reason for doing that? <laughs> like, there are hundreds of books with her picture on the cover. That's what she looks like. Yeah. It's not exactly a secret.
0: Yeah. Here's the, uh, the Battletoads <laughs> Skyrim. <line. laughs>
1: I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that.
4: <laughs> wasn't there somebody who made a, a Paul Franzen character? Probably- there was an
1: award for of
4: the month.
3: Uh, yeah uh he reported to be in what was it soul
0: caliber 4 one of those oh, fighting games yeah. i sort of thought. I think so
3: long time
0: ago hold on here you go uh speaking of soul caliber
3: <laughs> you will be sharing all of these as links in the podcast post, right? <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> so everyone can see shrek in soul <laughs> caliber <laughs>
3: And anybody listening to us on iTunes is out of luck. Yeah, so you gotta visit our website, GameCola.net. <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Oh, so our, should we move on to the next question? Probably. Okay. Oh, if it hasn't been asked, uh, if it hasn't already been asked, what games are you currently playing? It's been asked. I don't think we answered. I don't think we actually <laughs> talked about it on this podcast. Well, that's, oh, that's always yeah. a
1: relevant question. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: if, if I want if I can go first, um, particularly. I've been playing Super Mario Sunshine, trying to 100% complete it, and then Mario Kart 8, which I recently bought. And one of them is I'm having a very fun time with, and one of them I'm having no fun with at all, yep. and it's a chore. Guess which one is which.
3: Well, 100%ing anything can often turn into a chore, so I'm going to go with Sunshine on
1: that one. That That is an accurate ass- assumption of what is happening.
4: That's what happened with me when I played Sunshine. I stopped at the hotel level,
0: I believe. Hotel Mario. Well, okay,
1: look, look, if I can go into my rant that I've been trying to digress into, like, the Please whole do. podcast. Because I was playing it earlier today. And it's just, so, in, in all the 3D Mario games, the like, the basic, you know, platform ones, 64, Sunshine, Galaxy 1 and 2, you get 120 shines, right? That's the, that's the you completed it 100% sort of deal there, or stars or whatever. So, in Mario Sunshine, there are 96 level shines that you get from doing levels or finding the secret shines. There's eight level shines in each of like the seven different sort of level worlds, and then there are there's a shine you get for getting a hundred coins in that world, and then there are two secret shines. And that, that all and then with all the extra shines hidden around other places, that tolls up to 96. The rest you get from turning in col- um, your collection of blue coins that are scattered throughout the level. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing: There are 240 blue coins, <laughs> and they're pretty much all hidden to some extent. And there's no indication of where they are half the time. Yeah. You'll probably, if you're looking for them, you'll probably find about half of them and then then be completely lost as to the whereabouts of the rest. Even looking through walkthroughs, it's still confusing and tedious.
3: Have you tried watching YouTube videos? No, that's Not what YouTube, I do. Written walkthroughs. That's oh, okay. what I
1: do. I look, I'm like, I'm following these people around. But the problem is, is that unless you get like a really specific video that like highlights everything, because there are, sometimes you have to play like a specific level or the blue coin won't show up and there's like no reason that it shouldn't show up Like most of them usually show up in any level and you can get them in any level but then there are like you know a few that will only show up in like level three out of the eight for no really good reason other than they kinda thought it was convenient to do that but you don't you wouldn't know that off the top of your head so if you didn't have a guide you would have to go searching through Every level trying to find these blue coins. And there's twice as many blue coins as there are possible shines in the game, which is just ridiculous. There's 30 in each world, and it's a pain, and it's making me hate Mario Sunshine.
4: That's the reason why there are so few speedruns of um, Super Mario Sunshine, is specifically for that reason.
1: Well, like, the other thing about it is that Mario Sunshine is an incredible. I don't understand why this flies under the radar so much, but it's an incredibly glitchy game. It's like surprisingly poorly put together in some places.
3: <laughs> like what? Like, I don't actually remember any specific glitches. Um,
1: it's kind of like when you're playing through it the first time, you know, you're not really quite as adventurous with all the stuff you're given. So, and that's if you stay on the, if you stay on the like direct path that the developers intended for you to go you probably won't run into too much of a problem but it's usually cuz you've got the water jetpack and that it's re- that's a cool idea cuz it gives you a lot of freedom but the problem is that the developers didn't always account for that so like you'll you'll end up through walls that are really you can like get into situations where you'll just kind of get flung around and the game doesn't quite know what to do with places that are pretty easy to get to with a water jetpack that makes you fly hmm But then there are still other things, like um, in Pinta Village, which is one of the later levels, like the last one, there are these clover things that are flying around or whatever. And, like, I was just walking around the level, just grabbing stuff because you're getting red coins or whatever. And all of a sudden, it, like, magnet attaches me to one that was through a wall. I was, like, nowhere near it, and it just teleported me through a wall, and I'm just holding on to it. And there's nothing I can do because it's in a wall. And so I was just in a wall. And I wasn't even, like, I wasn't even trying to do it. Like, it's not just an easy game to break. It's, like, a game that will break accidentally. And then another one of the problems is that they come up with wacky physics that they want to keep trying out on you. And wacky concepts that only come up, like, once or twice, like the pachinko machine level.
3: Which was one of the worst levels I've ever played in a Mario
1: game. (laughs) It is terrible. You've got, like, no control. And, like, the trampoline doesn't even work half the time. That, like, sends you up. Did you ever, or anyone else who's played through it, did you ever do the Yoshi one that you have to go on the long boat ride to get to?
3: Anything having to do with oh. Yoshi was mm, uh, more or less miserable in that game also. <laughs> but yes, I did that one, and it took me a very – I remember many, many, many tries to get did,
1: that right. Okay. Did you fall for the trick where they put the pipe at the end?
3: Ooh, I don't remember that. I don't think so. I think I actually got it. It was just a matter of uh, – I think the issue I had was trying to land on the boat properly, like line up my jump.
1: The 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 little um, lily pad thing? yeah. Yeah, well, like, so there's the poison, there's, you're on a lily pad, and there's poison water that if you touch it, you die. And you've got to collect these red coins as you're going down this current of poison water.
3: Oh, that's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking the one in Delfino Plaza, um, where you have to ride the boat, like, way the heck across, you know, who knows where. Right, Um,
1: right, to get to the island.
3: That's as far as I remember. I don't actually remember what was on (laughs) the island. So you
1: get, well, see, what happens is you get to that island and then you use Yoshi to, like, unclog a pipe that has, like, his Yoshi goop thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, you that's what you are go into that, and there's a level in that in that after right. doing okay. all
2: of that. okay, okay.
1: But at the end of – so you go down the thing, right? And you're like, well, you know, this is the first time I've ever played it, and I'm not going to get all the red coins on my first try. But you get there, and there's this pipe. And you're like, oh, okay. So it's going to give me multiple tries. So I'll just jump in the pipe. It'll put me back, and I'll just keep trying. And if I die, you know, I'll start over. You jump in the pipe, it sends you back to Delfino Plaza. Oh. Uh, like, yeah, I don't think I did that. Before you get the Yoshi. It's an awful trick, and it's mean. And I had to go all the way back and do the Yoshi hopping on the boats thing again. <laughs> Which no one wants to do. So what I, I ended up having to do, just this will end my story, um, was I would go down the path and then I would – there were walls that you know were kind of there just to hold the water and like on a conceptual level of why the water wasn't spilling out all over the place. But you, they were big enough, just big enough that you could walk on them. So after I got to the end, I would just kind of jump carefully onto the walls and sort of just walk my way back to the beginning of the level and then hop on the lily pad and ride it down again and try to get the coins. It took forever, but I was not going to risk getting a game over and having to do the Yoshi thing for a third time. And so that's the kind of thing that Mario Sunshine has been making me do, and it is making me appreciate it less as a quality game. And that's the end of my story.
3: So, Michael, what are you playing, aside from Angry Birds?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Recently, I played um, Legend of Zelda... A Link Between Worlds, and I find it interesting that's the English title, because the Japanese title's just Legend of Zelda Link to the Past 2, unless I'm mistaken. Oh,
0: I thought that uh, A Link to the Past wasn't actually the name in Japanese. I mean, they... they... let Hold on, because... Oh, right,
4: I can't pronounce Japanese, but you can, so... Yeah, um... let
0: me let me just go look up on Wikipedia... Uh Zelda no Densetsu Kamigami no Triforce, Triforce of the Gods. Mm-hmm. So. And so
4: the second one is, um, Zeruda no Densetsu, Kamigami no Tora, Torei, yeah. But it's got the two at the end. Well then. So.
0: Yeah, it is literally Kamigami no torai It's all Greek to me. Yes, exactly. It is Greek, actually.
1: Uh, it, I'm just
4: saying, it, I find it interesting that they make it a direct sequel, in the Japanese title they yeah. literally have like a two in there, but in the English version they
1: don't. So you were playing Link Between Worlds. That's the one you were playing. Yeah. Is it is it good?
4: It's pretty good. Um, there were some, yeah, no, I'd say the gimmick of it was really it was really good, and it was it was a nice sequel. Um, there was another princess which I liked, so now Princess Zelda has a friend to play with. I don't know, I, it's been so long I've forgotten what I wrote about the game. I could look it up if you
3: <laughs> forced me to. Well, we established that I just got done playing the Mass Effect trilogy, so there's this void in my life where I've got you know the next forty plus hours of game time completely open. I have <laughs> nothing else planned. So I just started, because I, I needed something fluffy and platformery, because that's really... Like
0: Mass Effect.
3: <laughs> yeah, let's go back and play that again. Uh, no, not yet. Uh, but just something basic. So I was looking for something easy, or maybe not easy, but something short. So I found, I had uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood for Wii Virtual Console. And I fired that up. Found it was very much like Castlevania 1 and 2, despite the uh, more sophisticated graphics and the anime esque cutscenes and everything. It felt like mm, Castlevania 2.5. Um, mm Because I played Castlevania 3 and it didn't feel like that. But anyways, uh, so we're starting to play that, and starting to realize that the Castlevania series is not quite as varied as I was originally hoping. There's a lot of the same enemies. Like we were saying with Dragon Warrior, you revisit the exact same first level from the original Castlevania going back into Dracula's Castle before it branches off into some other places. But there's a lot of the, the same enemy types and the same backgrounds and the same traps just in slightly different combinations so it's still fun and the controls feel a little bit better on this one the the difficulty seems to be much on a much better scale than the uh the first three games anyhow but uh, i've been enjoying that okay also been playing through lego indiana jones 2 for the wii with my wife uh we've been doing co-op and sort of switching off we'd been playing together the whole time and then she went off ran around and unlocked a bunch of stuff, that, which is good because it was a lot of stuff that I didn't feel like bothering with. So, Is um,
1: that the one with the um, like the big open world hub worlds for each of the stories? It's story? strange.
3: I haven't played any of the other LEGO games that have hub worlds. I've only played the Star Wars 1 and 2 and the LEGO Indiana Jones 1 and Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's got a big hub world, which was really confusing at first because they don't really explain it in game very well. It's just sort of assumed that you figure out what's going on. Because yeah. We played our first mission, and I'm accustomed to having the big celebratory screen at the end saying, you beat the level, and here's our ending cutscene for the level, and here are the total studs that you collected. And instead, it's you finish the level, and we're just going to pop you out on the next screen, like it's another part of the stage, and you walk around, and then you go into another you know, doorway somewhere. And the game continues, and we were sort of concerned at first, because we were playing for half an hour, an hour, the first time we sat down with it. And we're like, when do we have the opportunity to save and quit this level? Because we don't want to lose any of the progress that we've made, but we we don't see any indication that we can stop, ever. <laughs> so once we finally figured out, wait a second, we we just got out of the college, and then we went to the, the nuclear testing site. And now we're back at, you know, walking around. At the co- it's Are all of these worlds connected? And then we figured it out. But it... It was not expressed very it's well a in game.
1: Really, it's a really weird system. I don't think they did it quite as much in... The other games after that, but it was a really weird system. That's also the one where they started doing the split screen if you got far away, right?
3: Which which I like, because that way you're not mm-hmm. anchored, especially with the locations being as big as they are, you're not anchored mm-hmm. to being within 30 feet of your partner. You can actually go off and explore and yeah. uh, you know divide and conquer together, which is great. I, it's interesting because all of the problems that I had with well, most of the problems that the both of us had with LEGO Indie 1, were completely fixed by this game but they also introduced a whole bunch of new issues that are just as bad if not worse so and i i'm just sort of tired of that because that happened with uh, mass effect 2. all of the problems i had with the first game they completely fixed in the second game And then changed a whole lot of other stuff that didn't need to be changed, that was not broken. And then it's like, we're starting from scratch and giving this a shot. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And I I just want to see a game, you know, gradually improve itself and build on itself instead of radically changing things every time. So LEGO Indie 2 is doing a lot of that. Um, And there's a lot of tedious challenges and things. Mm. So, I don't know, not really enjoying it. It's just nice to play through with somebody else.
1: Wasn't it the Lego games that sort of started the whole, like, I don't know, it feels like after the Legos came out, there was like the big co-op movement, almost, like, cooperative, like, two-player wasn't really, two-player simultaneous wasn't really as much of a thing before that, and then they kind of started working with it, and then Super Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Bros. Wii came out, and there was four people at the same time playing. That was this whole barrel of monkeys.
0: Well, uh, I thought it was like Little Big Planet, or did? uh...
1: Oh yeah, there was Little Big Planet.
0: Which one came first? I don't even know. They Lego. were probably around the same time. I think
3: the first Lego. I mean, we can look this up, but I think the first Lego Star Wars, being a like earlier middle GameCube game, probably would have come before
1: Little Big Planet. Um, let's see. I got it right here. Where is the copyright?
0: Oh, Lego Star Wars the Video Game 2005. 2001. Oh wait, 2001?
3: I yeah, think. they also re-released it on the Wii with a compilation yeah. of one and two.
0: I've got this one
1: that says 2001 on it.
2: Hmm.
1: Um oh, so yeah. that would be like it was like a release um game. This was this was an early GameCube game.
2: Hmm.
1: Maybe not. Maybe this is maybe this is a copyright of the GameCube or something. That seems does not seem right? Yeah, you know, this is just telling me the GameCube. Wait a second. Little Big
3: Planet is a PS3 game.
1: Yeah, Little so, Big Planet definitely came after Lego Star Wars. I yeah. was thinking um, Mario, New Super Mario Bros. A Wii and Little Big Planet. I don't know when they came out.
3: Uh, uh, that would have been around the same time. I seem to recall a yeah. it 2006.
0: It's looking like the video game was 2005 for Lego Star Wars. The New Super
1: Mario Bros. Wii it
0: was 2006. It's saying. Oh wait, a oh, Wii. Sorry.
1: Yeah, New Super Mario Bros. Wii was 2009. And then Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet is. Uh, 2008. Ooh, just before. Is it? Wait, where is it? I'm not seeing it. it look, but... Oh, you're right. Yeah, because
3: yeah, that... LEGO Star Wars wouldn't have come out <laughs> until. Because uh, it was all the prequels in the first one, so it wouldn't have come out until all the prequel movies had come out.
1: Yeah. Which yeah.
3: you're right. So 2005 is right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That must have been a GameCube copyright th- thing on it then. Because it said copyright 2001 on it. Yeah.
3: Well, well, anyway, this is the part that I'm sure our listeners are so thrilled because they're like, yeah, yeah okay, what dates? Be done with yeah, I want to know
1: what, what date Lego Star Wars came out on. We end up looking up a lot of dates on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I've pretty much memorized like a lot of them. Like, I know when pretty much all the Nintendo consoles come out off the top of my head now.
4: Well, if I could interrupt, I managed to look up the the thing which I wrote about Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds, and this is actually relevant, was um, the gimmick of the game is that there are eight or so dungeons, and you can do them in basically any order you want, rather than a set order. Like Mega Man. Yeah, just like Mega Man, that's the idea. And so the way this ended up being is um, sort of like Mega Man in that, um, like, the Turtle Dungeon the item for the Turtle Dungeon is the Wind Sword. Oh yeah,
0: I remember you talking about this. Yeah, it's nothing but wind in the
4: Turtle Dungeon, and I forget all the other weapons, like the Sand Dungeon, so on and so forth. But it's relevant because they seem to want to make the new Zelda game for the Wii U along those lines. That's the thing that they were really trying to promote with at this year's E3. It's like, oh, it's so open world, you can do things in any order you want. I well, I didn't Really like that feature that much in the 3ds game. I kind of it was a good idea. I don't think the way they handled
1: it was very good.
3: Well, it's sort of like the original Legend of Zelda in that respect, because if I remember correctly, you can go to a bunch of different dungeons in any order.
1: You can't. Well, you can go to them, and you could go to a different dungeon in different order, but it wasn't always the best idea because usually there were items that you needed to get in each of those that you needed to get for the rest of them like I think in one two and three you can do them pretty much any order and it's okay but then after that if you start going out of order you're going to have to be doing some backtracking to get items that you missed I think Mm -hmm. I'm not sure as the game progresses it gets a bit more you kind of have to go in a certain order or you're going to be going back a lot to get stuff that you need
4: Yeah, so the way they do it in Link Between Worlds is, like I said, every dungeon is a one-item dungeon, and you can get the items in any order. That's basically it. You go to a shop, and you say, oh, well, I want to go to the sand dungeon. I'm going to buy the sand rod here at the shop, and then go to the sand dungeon, and that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. But if you die, the shopkeeper shows up and says, guess what, I'm taking the item back from you now, and you, you have to pay another $200 to rent it again
0: the point so every is time is that I get...
4: died, I would immediately turn off the system to avoid that happening,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: like oh dead turn off the system immediately
1: the the point that I think they were trying to go for was you know you get the item for that dungeon, and then once you beat that dungeon, you get it permanently, so you kind of build up your items as you go through the game, but in whatever order you want but yeah the the, the cost of getting them back seems to be a bit steep
4: well, the problem is that. Your item, you know, like your sand rod, is only going to be useful in the sand dungeon, there's nowhere else where you can ever use it, ever. I'm exaggerating for uh, effect, but that's sort of true. (laughs) It's sort of true that by making every dungeon a one item dungeon, you can't really use items in other dungeons. No, but what you could
3: do with them is you could have, like, one secret room per dungeon that requires an item from somewhere else. Or you could have parts of the overworld map that are only accessible when you have the right items. Or you could do a big, fancy final dungeon that takes full advantage of your entire repertoire. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, and that's sort of what they tried to do, except not as amazing as you made it sound.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, because, like, with Mega Man, like, usually it's, like, the first eight levels are kind of, you know, you can use special weapons but you don't need them for most for the most part. Um and but then once you get to the castle stages then it's like, okay, you need to use them now. And so you you get to kind of see them at their full potential. But then like say with like one of the things I don't like about Mega Man Seven with the whole four and then four, even though you can play all eight if you like type in a secret code, the problem is is that because of like you'd think that if you had the first four, then you could require this those first four for some interesting challenges in the next, you know, Robot Master stages. But Which they you, do a little bit, but... I not... Mean. Mega Man 8, honestly, did that better yeah, that than they Mega do. Man 7. I'll give Mega Man 8 credit for that. Not much else. But yeah. <laughs> um, Mega Man 8 at least said, okay, we're going to make you do these first four, and we're going to make you make you do it then we're going to make some interesting, like, what was that one? Whose level is it where it's, like, a section challenge for each weapon?
3: You're thinking of Swordman?
1: Yeah, Swordman. That was interesting. I liked that idea. Yeah, I was on board with that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of tied into the whole gimmick thing Mega Man 8 was going for, which, in certain respects, they did not deliver very well on. But in certain respects, it was kind of cool. Like that boss battle where you're falling down a waterfall. That was a cool idea. Kind of Kirby esque. Yeah. In Aquaman stage, yeah. But then you know you've got levels where you're like swimming through spikes with like wacky swimming controls that have never existed before in Mega Man and you're like, why why would you Uh No,
3: that? Mega Man three for PC you could swim.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think if Mega Man eight was copying was looking to the PC games for inspiration, we might have solved the mystery yeah. of its um stylistic choices, we'll call them.
4: So with, getting back to Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds, um, like you said, the final dungeon uh, is allegedly takes use of all the items you get from the previous 11 dungeons, but in reality you only need four. It it only uses four of the items, so there are only four items that you can use in multiple dungeons, which is kind of a shame.
1: Other Zelda games have done better with that. Like, I remember Minish Cap, you only got there were only, it was kind of a condensed, it was a Game Boy game, so it was kind of condensed, so there were only four main dungeons, dungeons but the weapons were generally useful, like, in other situations. Like, they were useful for puzzles, but then, like, there was, like, one wind jar, which you could, you know, you could use it to solve puzzles, but then you could also use it to, like, suck up enemies, and then, like, it would, they'd get caught in the front of the jar, and then you could, like, shoot them at other enemies, I think. And yeah. that was, like, a consistent thing. And then there was, like, the flip-over rod, which you could use for all the turtle enemies that would appear. And they'd end up on their back, and then you could destroy them. Um, I don't remember the other... T- oh, one of the items was the ability to jump. That was just kind of weird.
4: Twilight Princess, I think, was the first game where it... I could be wrong, but where you run into the counter where you have the one item which is basically useful in one spot. So, for example, the the boom, not the boomerang, the slingshot that Link gets, it's, you only have to use it twice to beat the game. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: And it's only in the first dungeon after you get after you get the bow and arrow that basically replaces it. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yes you're correct. Usually items are more useful in multiple dungeons, but for this one they didn't because they wanted to make it so you could do the dungeons in any order.
1: See what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to make it not necessary to have the item, but to make it easier if you do. Like, you know, maybe there's this cheap platforming section, but if you have this item, you could, um, you know, you could just, you know, you could have, like, a special shield which, you know, blocks all the laser beams, which otherwise you wouldn't be able to do.
4: Yeah, that's probably, I agree, that's probably what they should have done, and that's what I was thinking they were going to do, because when I started out, I am like, okay, I'm just gonna buy all 12 items right here at the very beginning.
1: Can you do that?
4: It required some grinding, but I was able to do it. I was able to buy the majority of all the items, right? Pretty much at the very start.
1: And then you died and lost all of them? Yeah. It was sad. Jetty, what are you playing?
0: Uh, I recently played Ascendant, which I reviewed for GameCola.net Gaming Outside the Mainstream. Uh, I actually had met the developers previously at IndieNomicon, the local Orlando uh, indie developer meetup. So uh, it was cool to finally play the game. Uh, Before that I also reviewed uh, Enemy Mind which was another cool... like it it really made me jealous because I had just released my own retro space shooter game and then here comes this like super awesome retro space shooter game and I'm like man really gotta step it up now don't I? (laughs) Those are the two games that I've played I guess. Was that the oh, end of the well, story? No, they're, they're still. <laughs> oh goodness! What upcoming games are you excited for? Um, well, Angry Birds Stella, obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm not aware of any
3: upcoming games.
0: I didn't watch E3, so.
1: I'm not. I'm not excited about anything that anyone would find interesting. Usually, the base, just the basic stuff like Pokemon and Smash Brothers, really. There's nothing I'm like. Even though those are just kind of like those are almost like I'm excited about them, but they're almost like. Yeah, you, you just if you are like ninety percent of people are
0: yeah.
1: excited about Smash Brothers and Pokemon. Yeah. Like it's not interesting. It's like saying <laughs> it's like saying you played Minecraft and you had a good time. I like to eat food. Like, or that you acknowledge <laughs> that stuff that
0: is delicious.
1: Or you acknowledge that Mario is a classic series. <laughs>
0: Like, whoop de doo uh, are, so. are any of the group familiar with the Mystery Dungeon series? If so, what are you? Yes, I am. Is anyone else?
3: My only exposure to it was when I was a summer day camp counselor, and the kid was having a really hard time with a block-pushing puzzle, and I helped him solve it. That's all I remember.
1: What? Are we talking about the same Mystery Dungeon? Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? There's block-pushing? I didn't think there was block-pushing. Well, maybe it's a different Pokemon. Hold on. That would be right. That sounds like regular Pokemon. But Mystery Dungeon, um, I like it a lot. It's an interesting take on taking the concept of Pokemon. It's this, The plot of the games most of the time, the, the general... Each game has a specific plot, but the general theme of all of them is that you are a person, a human being, that gets turned into a Pokemon, and all you can remember is that... A at one point you were a human being and B your name and that's it. In the first game, it's like not even relevant. Like afterward, after you establish that plot point, but you play as a Pokemon and then you've got um, other Pokemon on your team and you kind you choose your own moves. Um, you take like a personality test to see what Pokemon you turn into. Um, the first one was kind of eh. There wasn't a whole lot of interesting things that happened. It was just kind of a progression of this thing happened and this thing happened and then this thing happened and then this thing happened. This thing happened. Whereas the second game kinda of has more of an overarching overarching story. Um but I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's a fun series. I haven't played the third one though. So I can't speak to that one.
0: It is a video game.
1: Oh, they also did, um, the first series did this thing, like, you know how the original DS and DS Lite, you could put a Game Boy game in and a DS game in? Mm-hmm. So, like, with Mystery Dungeon, there were two versions, one on Game Boy and one on DS, and if you put the two, like, in the DS at the same time, you could, like, make them interact with each other in different ways. It was interesting. That's the only other thing I can think to say about it.
4: I was actually going to write about that feature, um, if I decide to write about the Castlevania DS games, is, um, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow was on the Game Boy Advance, and then Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow was on the DS,
1: Dawn of and the it, had the Aria of sorrow. it had the same
4: thing. <laughs> It had the same feature where like all of your cool items and things that you got in the Game Boy Advance game that you could unlock them just by plugging in your Game Boy Advance into that slot on your DS. But here's the thing. It only works if you have Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance, not if you have the double pack for the Game Boy Advance, which has two different Castlevania games on it. Hmm. So that was a real pain for me. It's like, but I... I, I spent all this time playing Aria of Sorrow and all of my items just don't transfer over because I played it on the copy that has game number two Harmony of Dissonance as well and here I was trying to save money so I could buy two games in one rather than just but, two separate games. But that's how they get yeah. you now
0: now not only do you have to buy the combo pack but you also have to buy the original game So lame. Any more questions on that email? Uh, One more. All right Lay it on us. Lastly, if train A was heading east at 74 kilometers per hour and train B was heading northwest... Oh, no, no. Is that actually the question?
3: All right. Finish it off.
0: (laughs) Wait. Okay, start over. If train A was heading east at 74 kilometers per hour and train B was heading northwest at 39 miles per hour... Wait. It just switched. Does it switch? That's rude. And train B swerved off the track and crashed, how long would it take for a passenger on train A to climb a tree? Oh, um,
1: well, wait, hold on. Did you say the second one was in miles per hour? Yeah. Okay, um, so if I take the square root of pi, then multiply that by 7, and Mm -hmm. then raise E to that power.
0: (laughs) um, Well, but they don't give us neither the height of the passenger nor the height of the tree.
1: No, 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 no. You can, you can figure that out. Okay. Hold on. Um, it's it's all inference. This is on Earth, right?
0: Uh, it does not specify.
1: All right, well, I think you usually assume. So we'll go, you know, excel, gravitational acceleration of 9.8 meters per second. Um, you know, account for horizontal acceleration. Throw in some imaginary numbers for good measure. Um, and... The answer is, uh, 31 light-years per degree
0: Fahrenheit. Perfect. Pencils down, is Bam. that what everyone got? I got, a I got 36,
4: but I <laughs> might have missed it somewhere.
1: Did you carry the one? That's probably it, yeah. Yeah,
4: I... Okay, yeah, that makes sense now.
0: So I feel I've used up enough of your time as it is, so I'll just say one more thing. You're all awesome, that was bolded. Okay, bye. So ever faithful. Knowledge. Thank you, Knowledge. Those were some lovely questions that we
1: talked quite a bit about. Yes. But we should. We should probably stop. What, Jetty?
0: We have a website, don't we? Uh, we do, in fact, have an actual internet website, Gamecola.net. Uh, if you go to http: colon forward slash forward slash www Gamecola net forward slash, you can visit. Our website on the information mm. superhighway.
1: And um, what if they are on the
0: website? Are there any other places they could go to see more interesting Game Cola content? Uh, they can visit us on YouTube where we have lots of lovely videos. Uh, you can search for gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Uh, we are on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter. We're at Game Cola. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Gamecola. We're also on Tumblr. Uh, again, Gamecola.tumblr.com. Did I mention iTunes? I don't think I mentioned that we're on well, iTunes. I was. Yeah, I was about to say. If um, if they're listening, iTunes. If if they're interested in rating us highly,
1: they should go to iTunes. If you if you don't want to rate us highly, then we're not on iTunes. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. What is iTunes? Uh,
4: it is it? I think it's like some sort of like glasses that play music.
0: Yeah, it's for your eyes. It's music for your eyes. Mm. Ah, iTunes. Yeah. Is that everything? I think that's about everything. Gamecola.net. Gaming outside the mainstream. Thank you everyone for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, goodbye. Thank. Thank you. Good. Goodbye. Wait, You're see. so good at ending these. Yes, good, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: This is, uh, this is the end of the podcast starting now. It's weird that it's still daylight out, though. It feels, like, inappropriate to podcast at this time. I feel like I shouldn't be able to see outside.